0: Before we jump into this episode, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we shared this conversation. We pay our respects to the elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Stuck In Between
0: podcast.
1: My name is Romy,
0: And I'm Sam then. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we chat with powerlifter and all-around legend, Sharon Khan, to unpack the topic of body image.
1: We learn about Sharon's journey to finding confidence and love of her own body, explore the drivers of cultural and societal expectations when it comes to physical appearance, discuss the message Sharon wants to stand for and represent, plus plenty more.
0: There are so many different voices that need to be brought to a conversation around this topic, so this definitely won't be the last time we explore it.
1: Now on the episode. Sharon, thank you so much for coming on and joining us tonight. I personally was familiar with you and your powerlifting and everything, but didn't know too much about your story or your background but then Sandin and I heard you at the Brown Boss Babes International Women's Day event early this year and we thought it's such a unique and interesting story that you have we really want to talk to you today about your journey powerlifting as well as how that ties into body image and expectations that women particularly have when it comes to the way they should look but before we get stuck into that we want to know a bit about your background and your upbringing. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited about this opportunity because I don't really put myself in these positions. So it's very nice to put myself out there. Um, I am Bangladeshi. I was born in New Zealand. I moved here when I was like two and pretty much grew up here in Australia. Every few years would go back to Bangladesh to visit my family. Mm-hmm. So I still can speak fluent Bangla. I still have that tie too. Yeah. home country yeah nice
0: what was young Sharon like
2: very shy <laughs> I was very like intimidated to be myself like throughout primary school high school I feel like I've only just blossomed into the person I am today mm. at like the age of 22 <laughs> mm. and I'm 26 now so yeah.
0: was um, 22 when you started powerlifting
2: no 22 was like when I went through a breakup and
1: just oh, okay. figured out my own identity pretty right. much. Mm. So that was what was transformative for yeah. you. What part of yourself were you intimidated to be when you were little? Because you were saying you didn't want to be yourself.
0: Yeah, what parts of yourself were you hiding?
1: Yeah. When I was in primary school,
2: I was always bullied. So I laughed loud. <laughs> like um, in primary school, the boys would tease me about my laugh. Till this Ugh. day, people tease me about my laugh, but I think of it more of a unique trait rather than... Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, like a say? negative. Yeah. yeah, like a part. negative thing. Yeah. And like my mom always says, you laugh like your grandma, so it's always yeah. nice
1: to yeah. look back at that. You
0: down. have a great laugh I don't know Why people Let other people gloat
1: I don't know If Sharon's a having a good time thing. And yeah. expressing
0: that Why are we taking that away from
1: Exactly her? But you know My mum used to get that Because my mum laughs really loud And I laugh at everything And I laugh pretty loud mm. You but cackle then I do cackle Like the smallest things right But then when my mum In her generation They used to be like Oh why are you letting Your daughter laugh like a loud Yeah like it looks bad She needs to be like Laughing quietly <laughs> Yeah. And my grandma would be like, she's got a voice and a mouth. Like, she can laugh however she wants to. But I don't know if that factored into it. But you said boys would tease you in class, Yeah, boys right? would.
2: And my mum would say the uh, same thing. Okay, But then yeah. she would also say, you laugh like your grandma. My grandma mm. would like that I laugh yeah. the way I laugh.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe that expectation of what a South Asian woman should be yeah. for her generations, what yeah. made people around her say that she's laughing too loudly or... Exactly, should, yeah. Yeah, do whatever it takes to take the spotlight off of you and just not yeah. rock the boat blend in with the crowd Yeah, sort of thing. just be quiet yeah. be yeah.
1: like you know just timid and don't <laughs> be too to out there yeah, yeah what everyone that's else really what it is right Expect of you yeah. yeah and that did kind of get passed on you know even our generation like yourself Sharon people still felt and put that expectation on even people our age in saying that though did you feel like there were sort of expectations put on you as a south asian woman in terms of how you should look or the way you should be or maybe the hobbies that you should have? 100% as I was growing up my mum put me into
2: everything like I did dance I did music I did swimming but the singing and like dancing was like not for me but for the sake of my parents I did try putting myself in those shoes and do those things but I never enjoyed any of that and stuck to it at all but because my brother's 10 years older than me so it's just me and my brother Mm. I think I've always grown up with that tomboy kind of personality so my parents weren't that surprised when I was into sports and then I started playing netball at Mm. school and then in high school I started playing touch football and then oztag and then the kids I grew up with in my area we would literally play like tackle footy (laughs) on the road and my dad would like yell at me to come inside to study at like oh. 6 p.m. He'd be like, Sharon, it's dark now, you have to come. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, just like a little bit longer, I want to yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember like, because with South Asian parents, they just want you to study pretty much. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they want you to do well in school and like become a doctor. Yeah, <laughs>
1: education's the
2: bigger focus, <laughs> right? Yeah, so school. I would literally like beg my parents to like, let me stay outside to play longer and then... During school holidays, I would have to go to holiday, like, coaching classes. Oh, and okay, I yeah. would hate yeah. my dad so much for sending me there. Good old Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> oh... I would like cry when I'd be in class. I'd hate it so much. Oh man. Wait till this day. I think about
1: that. (laughs) Trauma (laughs) for life. Yeah. And I'm still not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) What was the point?
0: (laughs) It's proven that it doesn't work. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, You mentioned that you found sport, which I'll come back to in a second. But you also mentioned that you've got a 10 year age gap with you and your brother. I feel like that's big enough to feel that sibling relationship being more like a parent than being a sibling.
2: 100%. Growing up, my brother was literally third parent. My parents would ask me to ask my brother if I could do things. Like mm. for my 17th birthday, I had a massive house party. I had like over 100 people and... um i wanted oh <laughs> i told everyone no. to byo <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then i told like
1: a series of like, <laughs> like Comedy <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to be
2: cool <laughs> and then i told my parents everyone's bringing alcohol and my parents like
1: what you're only 17 you can't have alcohol at your party but I already told everyone. <laughs> oh <my laughs> gosh. You were so honest with them. <laughs> wow.
2: To be honest, I'm very lucky that my parents are open and mm. trusting in what we do and stuff. So, because we are Muslim, but mm-hmm. my parents also drink and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And they prefer us doing things at home rather than mm. outside. And being honest to them is like very important. Mm. So, I've never had time to hide the fact that I drink or anything like mm. that, yeah. which I'm yeah. very grateful for. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, lying is like such a headache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so special when headache. you can have that sort of relationship yeah. with your parents. So very lucky that way. So when I had the party, first thing my dad would said was like, go ask your brother. Mm. And my brother was like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what have you done?" <laughs> yeah. Then we had to organize like security and everything, oh. so in case like it did get
1: out of hand. So it went ahead. Yeah. How mm. was so it? We had a pretty good party. A good party. <laughs> nice. That was at
2: the Oh yeah, hundred percent. The end was like chaotic. Everyone remembers because I grew up in the Southwest. There was like some people called like the Minto soldiers that came around. There was a like brawl. Gangs. Yeah, oh, like a brawl no. broke out, and my mum like full had a sandal off. <laughs> Get off my property! Yeah. And then my brother had like his machete out. And my dad's a bit oh like scared, so he was just like hiding in the house. The and he's wooden like, I'm like
1: gonna call the police. The rolling pin goes <laughs> flying out the door.
2: Literally, it was like such a strange scene, but yeah. like we would laugh about it till this that day. That chapel can That's do as amazing. much damage. I know. As yeah, <laughs> especially for my mom. My mom is like next level. Like because we grew up in that area. One time, my mom was bringing groceries from the car inside the house. Some guy stole her bag from the car. This lady ran after him. <laughs> like, oh my some gosh. Some big go Islander ahead. guy. She literally ran after the guy down the road. And then he didn't make it over the fence. So he just like threw the bag and gave it back. Dude,
0: I think you get your athletic
2: skills from <laughs> yeah. your mom. Yeah
1: good on her
0: so wow yeah
1: that's so funny no
2: nah, I definitely got my legs from her
1: yeah not my dad <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it yeah um
0: going back to you finding your lane with sport mm. I know you said you didn't really find it with the creative arts but then you found a lane and then all these other different sort of sports what did you connect with about playing those sports I know you mentioned before that gym for you part of why you love it so much is that community feel Was it that teamwork element of it or was there kind of like a physical element that brought out a side of you that you didn't get to tap into with the creative arts?
2: I think a bit of both because I felt like, I don't know, you always want to impress your parents growing up being good at something Mm. and like... I was never good at the piano or dancing. I just felt so unco when I was doing dancing. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know, being good at a sport actually made me feel good about myself. Mm. Like coming first in like every zone, like athletics, making it to state, playing state, touch football and Oztag and stuff really made me feel good about myself. Scoring a try or a goal, that feeling I got and the adrenaline I got when I'd like, run in a race mm. that feeling like doesn't compare till this day I do miss playing sport a lot I can't because of my injuries but mm. I found passion through a different sport in a different way I guess and yeah. same thing like community as well I think as growing up my parents were always working till so late mm-hmm. and my brother was older so he would always be out so it'd just be me at home Until I got a dog. (laughs) So I would like, barely had anyone around. So I felt like sports. I spent a lot of time there with the people and like creating that bond and Mm. that teamwork really meant a lot to me. Which plays a lot in powerlifting now as well, which is surprising because it's like Mm. a one person sport. But it's such Mm. a big community. Yeah, Yeah. It's
0: funny how like sometimes we find these hobbies that fill voids that we didn't realise it could fill. Or we didn't realise it was there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find powerlifting then throughout all of this
2: so I dislocated my knee when I was like 16 in high school yeah in netball so I tore my ACL and my meniscus Mm. um but my doctor back then said I didn't need surgery so I just kept like making it worse (laughs) throughout the years because I'd keep playing oh you kept going I kept playing I didn't stop I think like one athletics carnival I actually threw my knee out and and then I went to see a physio and they were like you need to see a surgeon ASAP and you definitely need surgery so I full had like a knee reconstruction
0: done which
2: put how long did that take you out for not long because I don't like staying still Mm. (laughs) so I was like mopping the house and stuff on crutches within like a week I was up what was the
1: recommended (laughs) rest time
2: you're meant to be, like, resting for a few months and then yeah. slowly, like, get into. I was doing physio, like, three times a week and oh my stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. But I still, like, couldn't get myself to run because of, like, the mental barrier. Yeah. I get scared of snapping my knee. Confidence. Yeah, that's Yeah, scary. it's very nerve-wracking. Till this day, I still can't run yeah. like I used to. I do miss sprinting a lot because yeah. of that feeling I used to get when I'd sprint. Mm. Yeah. but um, Is
1: that because more of the mental block yeah, as a opposed to physically? Mental. Yeah. Y- okay, yeah.
2: So, I just stopped. And then I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll just train. Yeah. (laughs) Because I had to do like rehab and stuff. That's Mm -hmm. what put me in the gym Mm. pretty much.
1: Oh, okay. So was that the main reason as to why you started powerlifting? Because you were saying you were out with your knee injury and everything. As someone who likes to move a lot, that would impact your mental health quite a bit. Like even for me, if I'm not exercising, it really impacts my mental health. And I feel like I need to at least go for a walk or like go to the gym for like half an hour to release that and feel I don't know, it's just such a connected thing, right? Like physical movement and your mental yes. health. Was that one of the reasons that you kept going with powerlifting once you started it? So I only started powerlifting two years ago.
2: I mm, did so
1: prior to that? So
2: prior to that I was just going to the gym, oh, like your normal okay, okay. like gym routine. I did yeah. start with a coach three, four years ago who is now like one of my best friends. So mm. I actually yeah, saw right. her She's a PT at like the gym I used to go to before. I saw her like squatting like 100 kilos and I was like, whoa. And she's like my height and like small build and everything. And her body's amazing. But I was like, wow, she's so strong. I want to be able to do that. Mm. And never thought I could because of my knees. I was like, wow, I'm not going to be able to do that. But I really want to try. She helped me build the confidence to be able to squat up to 80 kilos And I was like, I reckon I could do more. And I just Googled powerlifting gyms and then I found one like five minutes from my house and then I joined and started like a program with a coach and then we just kept getting stronger and stronger and Mm. I was like, wow. And then Mm. I thought I would never compete. I was like, no, I would never be able to compete. No way I'm like up to that level. But like – seeing everyone else train and get strong and then I'd help out at the competitions at our gym Mm -hmm. and like seeing the girls on the platform and everything I was like wow I think I want to do this and then I started competing two years ago now so the first comp was like two years ago just a novice which was so much fun and then after that first time I just became addicted. Yeah it's interesting
0: (laughs) that you said that you're not the type of person to put yourself out there and try Mm. new things because that's literally what you've done with powerlifting, right? Mm. Like you started gym as a health thing after your surgery and then you kind of stumbled into seeing other people doing powerlifting, expose yourself to it a little bit and you're like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to throw myself into it wholeheartedly.
2: Yeah, 100%. I feel like even in that community, I have put myself out there more as well. Even like helping out the comps and stuff. I've never seen myself speak. I've always been really bad at talking in public and stuff, but I feel MC the competitions and everything now amazing! So, yeah. yeah it's very um different I feel like I've grown <laughs> Yeah,
1: because you were saying when you were younger you were shy as well would you still consider yourself shy as an individual
2: I reckon a little bit but once I'm comfortable I feel like I'm quite extroverted okay yeah
1: yeah so would you say that it was maybe like the fact that you got so comfortable with powerlifting that then helped you do things like emceeing a competition because you were comfortable in that environment
2: yeah 100 percent. because I realized like everyone around you doesn't care what you're doing or what you look mm, like yeah. mm-hmm. they're just there to support you doesn't mm. matter everyone's there for the same goal they just want to get stronger and like become a better person mm. that's what they're trying to do yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's such a powerful revelation to have when you can start thinking that way It yeah. unlocks so much to your life when you can let go of what other people think yeah and just do what makes you happy
1: just 100%. With every aspect right not just with this but it can channel into other things too yeah 100 percent. and the environment is great so my fiance's younger brother started weightlifting i've known him since he was like seven years old like since he was really little and he's 23 now and he was this scrawny little kid when i knew him really flanky he used to run around and play basketball and stuff a lot and then a couple of years ago started weightlifting out of nowhere and i've seen in my head he's still this like scrawny little kid <laughs> he's like my little brother and then now i can really see how his body's transformed and him as a person has also like become a lot more confident and i went to watch one of his competitions he recently started competing and the environment was insane. Like everyone was just cheering for each mm. other. Like I was cheering for random people who I was like, <laughs> Oh, he seems like a nice guy. I'm gonna cheer for him. I didn't know who he was. And it was such a positive and great yeah. environment. Yeah. I seriously felt like a proud mother or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even part of that community and I still felt that energy. So I can't imagine like how great it would be for you Is in that, terms of like exactly being like out that. of your shell yeah. as well.
2: No, that community is like amazing. Mm. It's crazy how many people support you. Mm. Everyone like cheese you on when you get a lift Mm. or even if you miss it, they'll still clap for you. Like Mm -mm. that encouragement. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. What
0: was the reaction of the people around you who maybe wouldn't have guessed that you would eventually become a powerlifter when you started this journey? How did they react?
1: I think
2: till this day, my friends are like, wow, I never thought of maybe like a bodybuilder, but not a powerlifter because when I first joined the gym I was very into like my body image Mm -hmm. I had abs I was like full skinny lean very cautious of what I eat addicted to my fitness pal. Mm -hmm. like
0: do you think that was to like a healthy extent or do you think you were striving for those things in an unhealthy way
2: I think more in an unhealthy way because I just cared about the way I looked rather mm -hmm. than the way I feel Mm -hmm. like now I may not have abs now but I love my body now. Mm. I'm so happy with my body. Okay. I love eating. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I know like what to put in my body and what's good and what's bad. Yeah. It's just balance end of the day. Mm. And your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Yeah. So yeah. If you love food, just eat food, but in portions, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Did you realize then that you had that unhealthy relationship with, just being obsessed with the way you were looking as opposed to how you were feeling? Like, how did you realise that and then snap yourself out of it? Because I'm sure people listening can really relate to this. I
2: think I only, like, figured it out a year ago that...
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Body image isn't everything. Mm. Yeah. I'd be so scared to eat carbs. Even, like, with the relationship I was in because he cared about body image too. So I felt like, oh, no, I can't get a gut. That was, like, my thoughts throughout the relationship as well. So... Mm. I feel like it's like a whole process of falling in love with your body and accepting your body the way it is. At the start, it is hard and you do like go through that obstacle of wanting to look a certain way. Mm. But you just have to remember. People message me all the time. They'll be like, what are you eating? Like, what are your macros and Mm. calories? And I'm just like, you are so different to me. You can't compare yourself to me. Our energy intake is so different a day as well. So you Mm. can't compare what I eat and what you should be eating. Like you're a totally Mm. different person. And I've been working on my body for like a couple of years now. If you're just starting, you can't compare yourself Mm. to where I am, to where you're starting from. Mm. Because everyone starts somewhere. You just have to slowly figure
1: it out and get help and Mm. coaches. That's what coaches are for. (laughs) It's crazy that like on the topic of body image – it's ridiculous to me how body image and I'd be interested to hear your opinions and then as a guy but as a female I feel like it's like a trend like certain body types are trends like how can a body be a trend (laughs) like it's natural every human is built differently and you physically can't get to this quote-unquote aspirational body type Yourself, Like if that's not how you're built. Like I could be on the same diet as you, Sharon, doing the same workout as you. My body could look completely different. Mm. 100%. So it's like things like, do you remember when we were younger, like thigh gaps were in, right? Yeah. Like how? I could have never achieved a thigh gap. Like my body is just not built that way. <laughs> no, I didn't. But all those things <laughs> that came up as well, right? And there were yeah. like celebrities endorsing this stuff too, which then so many girls were addicted to these things because you just feel so not enough because your body's a trend and you, you have to fit did into Did you that. fall
0: victim to that or were you kind of conscious of yeah. everything you just said? I mean
1: from the ages of like 10 to 12, 13 I was a chubby kid. Proper chubby kid. If I showed you photos <laughs> of me you'd be like oh my god she looks so different. I wasn't an active kid. That was my problem. I was like opposite to you Sharon. So If I'd continued that way, I probably wouldn't have been healthy. That's a different conversation. But like brown people are ruthless. Family friends and stuff used to comment on me being chubby all the time. I see that. They were constantly saying it. And I'm sure it impacted me in some capacity because I'm thinking like, am I not meant to be looking this way? But it's so ridiculous that people feel like they can comment on those things. What gives you the right to comment on me? Especially like at such a young and impressionable age. Like I hadn't even hit puberty and people already commenting that I was too chubby. I'm so grateful I didn't end up with an eating disorder or something because it could have really impacted the way that I saw myself. And I think it did to some degree, but not to like a point where it was too detrimental but then I hit puberty and started like evening out a bit and like you know started exercising and becoming healthier and then it was like oh you're too skinny Skinny. (laughs) and I'm like are you kidding like what do you want and I don't find that a compliment either way like I have to be so careful when we're throwing around these words like such a sensitive topic but I'm like Am I now? So I used to be like to my mum or sister, like, do I look unhealthy? Like, am I, you know, too skinny? But it's like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm healthy. I know what I'm putting into my body. Like, I've always enjoyed eating clean and exercising and stuff. So it's like, I'm content with that. And it's so frustrating when you hear these comments. And I just started saying, no, I'm healthy. I exercise and I (laughs) eat well. That's what I do. And I I started saying that to, like, aunties and uncle, like, mostly aunties. Yeah, And they had nothing else to say for that. So I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like I, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah I always it's so that. frustrating. Yeah, I it, like, Did you life. experience that or were you kind um, of... I've had people say I'm too skinny.
2: Like, mm. you should eat, you're too skinny. Mm. I never really like cared about what the auntie said anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like, that's good. what do you mean? You can't comment on my body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then my mum will be like, you wait till you have kids. <laughs> right. You're going to come fat like me. <laughs> 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 says all the time.
0: Going back to what you are saying, when you yeah. share that story, you kind of like... I'm not sure if it had an impact on me. Yeah. But the reality is that whenever we have definitions of what people should be and you're constantly reminded that you're not that, mm. of course it's going to have an impact yeah. on you, right? Regardless of its body image or career yeah. or studying, like regardless yeah. of what it's going to be, it's going to either directly or indirectly yeah. sit in your mind. Like the back of you your head. You're right? constantly talking to yourself and telling yourself that that's yeah. not what you need to be or who you need to live up to. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you experience any of this then?
0: Guys do experience it. Mm, and I think mm. I'm not in any way saying that it's to the same level that women experience it, but I feel like we should be talking about that more as mm, well, guys' mm-hmm. experiences with it. Something I was thinking about is, do you guys watch Never Have I Ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of the teenage guys in that show, they're all jacked. And they're all meant to be like 16, 17-year-olds, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, what's that kid, Ben? He's like (laughs) full-on ripped. He was like the nerd. I was like, what happened to this guy? When
0: I was watching it, I was like, as amazing as the show is Mm, and mm, for what mm. it stands for, Mm. In this way, we're also telling guys that this is the sort of body that you should be expecting to have when Mm. you're in high school, which Mm. isn't realistic because it's being played by people in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's around all of us. Of course, women face that challenge a lot on a higher level than men do, but it's something that I feel like we should be speaking more about as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's so true. I didn't think about that
2: from that show. Yeah, nice perspective. it's a very
1: good point. <laughs>
0: guys are definitely self-conscious about their bodies and stuff as well. Yeah. yeah but 100%. we don't have as many conversations around it as we should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this, all the guys in like rom-coms and stuff, right? I wasn't thinking about it for Never Have I Ever, but just in general, they're all, you know, chiseled ab kind <laughs> of actors. Like there's a f- very few of mm. them that are representative of like an Normal average yeah, guy. Yeah. Which is yeah, I, I wonder how much that plays into men watching those movies, being like, "Oh crap, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't look like this." That being know?
0: said, guys do, and I've seen guys get comments from aunties and uncles about putting on too much weight yeah, or not yeah, having yeah. enough meat on them. Yeah, but it's definitely not to the same extent that women in our society mm. feel with those sort of comments.
1: Right? Yeah, I've seen it happen to guys too. I think aunties are just unhinged, and they will just yeah. like, like to any <laughs> I feel like gender. They feel
0: like they have a bigger license mm. to comment about women. Mm. They definitely do still do that with men, but I feel like that rope is a lot smaller with men than okay. with women. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just from yeah. What, what I've observed.
1: experienced. Yeah. Do you feel like your brother got treated a bit different to you when it came to even like his hobbies, but also the way he looked? Well, with me,
2: my mum like always made me put on Fair and Lovely. Mm. Till this day, I'm just like, how could you let me put on such a dry cream on my face? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but like my brother's so much darker than me. And like for some reason, my mom would like try to make me lighter than what I was. But it didn't matter like that he was dark mm. and that I was light, but I needed to be lighter.
0: When <laughs> did you realize that that's kind of messed up? Oh, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I started uni, I think. Because yeah. I still used Fair Lovely in high school.
1: <laughs> mm. We did a whole episode on colorism <laughs> a little while ago with Sardna. Oh, yeah. And it's incredible. Like so many people. Fell into that expectation of mm. body image, of being like fair equals more beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Sandin and I have personal experiences, like people around us being treated differently, particularly for women. I don't get it. That's a whole can of worms. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's it's a strange point because
0: when we were prepping for an episode on body image, yeah. in my head, I didn't think about colorism. Mm. my first thing is just about physique but to your point things like the tone of your skin Mm. is also a part of body image as well Mm. right
1: it is I mean even like hair length
2: yeah aunties
1: love long hair don't cut your hair keep your hair long (laughs) it's like oh why'd you cut your hair
0: why is that
1: is long hair like a what sign of that? beauty? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Some weird like <laughs> old wives tale and like longer the hair, the more fertile you are or some shit. Who knows? I don't know. But there is this obsession with long hair. Yeah. I feel like that infiltrated my mind though for like a long time. Like I never mm. cut my hair.
2: I cut my hair before my brother's wedding. And my mom yeah. was like... How can you cut your hair before your brother's wedding? Yeah. <laughs> How are you gonna style it? All these oh, things was fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, having long hair is like a another story as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: I can't really help out with this part yeah, of the that one. It's
1: probably the other way around for guys. As I know guys who like, you know, grow their hair a bit or have like man buns and stuff and they're like, yeah, oh, why are true. you growing your hair? You have to cut it Yeah, again. or there's like <laughs>
0: assumptions about guys with longer hair. Yes, Yeah. Which are different to guys with shorter hair. Yeah, That's yeah. a good point. Maybe we should come back to that.
1: <laughs> Just all facets of yeah. different body When image. your
0: body started to change, when you started gymming, and then again with powerlifting, what was the response of the community around you? Because I know you mentioned at the International Women's Day event that your mum had asked you to stop going to the gym because your arms were looking different. And you would fit into sari blouses differently to what you would prior.
2: Yeah, so the past couple of years, we'd literally fight. Like all the time, we'd get into an argument before an event because my blouse wouldn't fit. And then I'd have to wear like a crop top or something instead. Mm. <laughs> mm. And then she'd be like, why do you go to the gym so much? You look like a boy. Like girls should have like mm, nice like um, arms sorry. Okay. you know, like it looks nice and stuff. I think my grandma mentioned, she never said too much about my body image and what I wear and everything, but she did mention one time that a man won't love me because
1: <laughs> oh.
2: I have like manly arms and a sari, like how's someone meant to fall in love with me if I look like a man, yeah. pretty much.
0: What but goes through your mind when you hear that?
2: Honestly, I feel like I've heard so many things my whole life. <laughs> it's just like, you just take everything in and then you process everything later. Mm. And you're like, Whoa.
1: But you don't take it. Personally, to heart. No, nah, I never take yeah.
2: anything personally. Even now, like, I feel like my mum's become more, like, accepting with everything. Mm-hmm. She went to Bangladesh recently and she bought me, like, blouses that have elastic. Oh, I um, love that. Like, <laughs> sleeves or, like...
1: Oh, that's cute. Things that we can yeah. adjust. Compromise, yeah. let's compromise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also the interesting topic of women needing to look feminine. Yeah. In mm. air quotes. And, like, your mum saying, you know, you look like a boy. Or you know your grandma saying you won't find love like those are all I don't know where that's come from as well. but this is just very old school. Yeah, and it's
0: also what the media conveys to us, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if this like whole damsel in distress thing comes into mm. like women shouldn't be strong; they need to be like yeah. little and weak, yeah. and yeah. the guy can come save. Some
0: them. guys do have that insecurity of yeah. wanting to be the more stronger one, the stronger one in air yeah. quotes, yeah, to be the protector. So when it comes to dating and stuff. Do you feel like you've been treated any differently? Because guys might look at you and say, hey, she's stronger than... She can bench more than I can bench. Yeah. and I'm insecure about like that. Like they so. get
1: intimidated. And then
2: Well, it talks. when I was on Tinder and whatnot, the way people would approach me is like, how much do you bench or how much do you squat? Like, is there like nothing else about me? Mm. <laughs> like you can't have a normal conversation. Right. I just got so sick of it. and I just started dating my best friend. He, like, compared to past relationships, he doesn't feel intimidated. He's very supporting, Mm. which is very important to me. He comes to all my comps. Like, even when we were friends, he would wake up at 5 a.m. with me and come, like, weigh in with me and wait with me, like, the whole day. So... That's so lovely. Things like that are very important to me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's very supportive with everything. People from my past, I feel like, would never support something like that. Because I've Mm -hmm. been in relationships where I wasn't allowed to post anything. Now I've come like growing my social on TikTok Mm. and Instagram, and he's very encouraging with things I post and, like, helps me take photos if I need. Gets annoyed because I like, don't like it or whatever, but, yeah. <laughs> like, still tries, which is, like, very That's important That's really to nice, me. Yeah. yeah. Obviously,
1: he's very secure in himself, so yeah. he doesn't need to feel emasculated or
2: something. <laughs> and he actually doesn't use social media, which is another mm. thing, like, people always ask. Doesn't he feel insecure? Like, if people message you, like, boys DM you and stuff like that. And I don't publicise my current relationship for a reason because – I feel like I've shared so much with my past relationship in the past Mm. where everyone just knew too much. So Mm. I feel like now it's just a lot more healthier to keep something private. Mm. And um, yeah, he doesn't feel insecure in any way because
1: I'm so open with everything. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's so good. Um, You mentioned social media. How does comparison play into you now? Like with what you're doing already Do you find like you compare yourself with others maybe that you look up to and does it ever become like a negative thing? Yeah,
2: I never look at people's content in a negative way. One of my best friends is like a PT, the one that actually used to coach me Mm -hmm. when I first started. She's quite a big influencer now and I look up to her. Like Mm. I love the content. I actually want to learn more from that and do that myself because the fitness industry is lacking South Asian Mm. women. You never really see like a South Asian woman when you're shopping online for gym clothes Mm. or South Asian men. Like all you see is just white people pretty much. Mm. But on Gymshark, Gymshark is actually Mm. very diverse, which I really love. Mm. Um, But yeah, other companies like you don't really see that representation Mm. at all. So that's why I try pushing myself out there as much as I can and like so many big things have happened like this week in terms of like collabs and stuff for me so it's very exciting to see that come around Mm. and what the future could hold for me so it's very exciting
0: Mm. to see. How about you Rami when it comes to social Mm. media comparing body image what's your experience been like?
1: Yeah I don't know I feel like I don't follow people that I think would impact me negatively like I follow like people who cook and stuff like that those types of wellness people but I think I try to keep things that would make me feel positive about mm. myself have you always so been I like don't that? think yeah because I don't use social media much either so I think <laughs> that helps um and so because of that I think I just kind of am able to cut out that noise but I think it's also like what you said before like I just feel secure in myself so it's like you know I think if I see someone who I'm like, oh, they've got a great body. Like, of course I think that, but I don't go, oh, mine doesn't look like that. I go, oh, maybe I can take tips from a workout they're doing or something. But I'm also aware that I may not even look like that if I do the same workout. Like, I don't know. It's like more so just taking it as like a positive thing that you can take in your life to improve yourself yeah yeah that's
0: something that you also mentioned in the international women's day event of something that you want to stand for mm. of conveying that message that you don't need to have the perfect body as long as you're healthy and you're passionate about what you're doing it's not what the world around you 100
2: mm. like till this day people message me all the time about what they can do like how to get motivated and stuff like that and i always just say you need to find like what you enjoy Like, you're not going to enjoy what I'm doing. You may not like powerlifting. you got to find something that you actually enjoy doing. A lot of my friends like pole dancing, Mm. yoga. Like, there's so many different ways of, like, staying healthy and happy. you just got to find what it is.
0: Mm. Yeah. Another question that you were asked at the International Women's Day event was by what I'd assume is a middle-aged South Asian woman who said that she wants to be healthier. She wants to learn how to lift weights and things. But when she goes to the gym, she's just so overwhelmed because there's so many other people there who look better than her. And it's a challenge to know what she should be doing and what should she be eating and all those sorts of things, which is like a big question to ask you. But I feel like you had a really sweet response to that.
2: I don't remember what I said. (laughs) I think it's really important to remember that everyone's there for their own goals. So no Mm. one's going to judge you with what you're doing. But it's also important to have a plan of what you're doing when you're first joining the gym. Like I know it's very overwhelming and intimidating when you walk in there. But if you have like a program or something that you follow, you know exactly what you're doing and why you're there. You don't have to think about those things too much. Mm. And you just focus on what you're doing. Till this day, like, I even feel, like, awkward if I record and stuff at commercial gyms. If I go to my normal gym, I feel fine recording and I don't feel intimidated because I see those people all the time. But if I go into a new gym and I'm recording or something, I may feel a little bit intimidated, but then I remember no one cares and it's just Mm. so normal these days. Everyone's trying to make a better version of themselves, end of Mm. the day. Everyone's there for the same reason. Mm.
1: Even,
0: like, when I started gymming, I would get insecure about like everyone's looking at me because I don't really know what I'm doing and that would play into me being super self-conscious while I'm working out Mm. and I would be shy to try things or be insecure about what other people might be judging me on Mm -hmm. but then I would like just come to the reality that of course I don't know what I'm doing because I've never done this before Mm. and I'm new to this space and everyone else in the gym would have started where I was as well. Mm. So it's about asking someone who has been in my shoes and knows what they're doing to teach me how to do these things And when I did that, there was no judgment from the people that I would lean on because they understood that part of the journey. Mm. And from there, then you start building your confidence and go Mm. go from there. So I think leaning on people who are experts and shedding that expectation of yourself that you need to be at a certain place, just starting from where you are is a huge thing as well. Mm. 100%.
2: I love it when people come and ask me for help if they want to know how to do an exercise or how to use a machine. Mm. Like, I think it's great to like, be able to have that confidence to ask someone for help. Because I don't think I ever did when I first joined. Mm. I probably just watched YouTube or something, try to figure it out.
1: (laughs) I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere, right? Like that's something as well. And like you realise, like you said, literally no one cares. Like people are just there doing their own thing. (laughs) and no one cares like what you're doing or what you're there for um there was one time where I was like struggling to get this bar on this hook at the gym and then this guy just like walked past me hooked it on for me and just kept walking I was like thanks mate (laughs) so it's like you know people are just like actually like not that bad and if someone is judging then whatever yeah, yeah, you realize that. And it's so freeing when you're like, oh, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. it's me. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> literally, like, no one's thinking about me right now, which oh, is great. not the main character. No, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then people will encourage you, if anything, if mm. they yeah, know 100%. that you're new, for example, and they can tell that you're trying to figure it out.
2: One thing at my gym, like when someone's going for a heavy lift or whatever, everyone stops what they're doing Mm. and they come watch and cheer you on. Like it's the best thing. That's so wholesome. It's so cute. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's so good.
0: Something else we've covered a while ago on our podcast is we had a dietitian on and one of the things we asked her is about... With a lot of South Asian kids like us, we can see that our parents aren't making the best health choices and aren't getting the exercise that they should be getting at their age. How do we kind of navigate those conversations? Even things like going for a 20-minute walk a day can make a world of difference, which sometimes it's very hard to convince South Asian parents, especially when they're eating such rich, heavy foods, to do something as small as that. Do you have any advice when it comes to how you can tackle that sort of conversation or how people can get started on their fitness journeys without having to go from zero to 100?
2: Well, I feel like with my parents, they actually started eating a lot more healthier, like since I started meal prepping and stuff. Mm -hmm. They see me do it and then they're like, oh, maybe I should be making like healthier decisions. And they go for regular checkups and stuff and they're like high cholesterol and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. they know that our food is like not the best to have all the time. So they are more like cautious about what they eat. Mm -hmm. I've never had to say anything to my parents to actually get started and doing that. But even just me like influencing them to do that, is probably such a good thing to have in the house. Like even if you start yourself and maybe cook them something yeah. healthy, that way they'll actually try it and eat it and be like, oh, it's not bad. Like Yeah, it's actually can, tasty. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can eat a few times a week. And even like with walking, you could even go with them. Like, mm. you know, like yeah. like let's go for a nice walk. Such nice weather outside. Mm. Just small things like that can always encourage them mm. to get out there and yeah. make better choices with yeah. their life. Yeah, I
0: think you brought this up as well when we did that episode of mm. if you want to get them to walk, walk with them mm-hmm. because they're encouraged. To, like we're doing this together. We're spending mm. time together thing. Yeah. My dad got an Apple watch and he's like a tech guy, right? <laughs> so his whole thing was, I want to close the rings oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. every day for a year. Rain, hail or shine. He'll go for a walk just to make sure those rings are closed. So maybe the strategy is finding what is a niche that your parents mm. can really bond over and how can you mm. leverage that? to get them to be more yeah, yeah, yeah. health conscious. Yeah. Even playing guilt cards, like, you know, I want you to be around for your grandkids, right? <laughs> right?
2: No, 100%.
0: How do you psych yourself up to go to the gym when you really don't want to go? What's your strategy with that?
2: Um, if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it for me. So I have a goal at the end of the day, like I just want to get stronger. And if I don't show up, then no one else is going to show up. Mm. So, if I'm not there, who's going to be there? That's
1: a great mindset. Does that fizzle into other parts of your life? Do you think that way with other things too?
2: I'm very driven with like work as well. Um, Everyone on my team calls me teacher's pet. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I like to keep myself busy and I like getting things done. To be honest, I don't think I feel motivated. I'm not motivated every day, Mm. to be honest. Especially if I have to go into the office and I go Mm. to work after. 110% not motivated Mm. and I'm there and I'm just like I don't want to be here I can't Mm. be bothered it's cold Mm. so many things just go through my head but in the the day like I have to get it done no one else is going to do it for me but then again it also plays in with what people's goals are so for me like because I want to get stronger in this sport, I have to put in that dedication Uh, and that work to go where I want to be. Mm. But for someone else, that may not be the case. But at the end of the day, if they do a workout or something moving the body, they will feel better. Mm. Yeah. yeah, You feel better about yourself. Yeah. You feel happy they actually did that. Yeah, Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: It's one of those things where – Afterwards, you almost never regret going. Yeah. But <laughs> beforehand, it's like, oh my God. And then after you're like, oh, this is great. This is why mm. I go. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Do you have like
0: a playlist? I do
1: listen to a lot of hard style. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What do you listen to, Romy? I listen to like rap music. Like an old school R and B when I yeah, nice. work out, it's just like very motivating. I I checked on Spotify for like this random like girls gym playlist, and all these like girl <laughs> anthems play. I'm like, this is great. So that. That's what I usually listen to. I'm
0: the weirdo who listens to podcasts. Well, yeah. Yeah. oh wow, yeah. everyone's different anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some people like Mozart and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I like podcasts if I'm doing cardio because I hate doing cardio. (laughs) So I'm like, this helps pass the time a lot more because I'm listening to something and my focus is elsewhere.
0: Right, (laughs) smart.
1: Yeah. Um, One thing that I want to ask you, this for selfish reasons, (laughs) have you ever considered coaching? Is that something you'd want to do?
2: I actually thought about it. I do want to sign up. I did look into like courses and stuff. So I will I will do it online. Yeah. yeah. It is something that will happen soon. That <laughs> would that's be awesome. great. Because I, I do get a lot of people asking me like, I'm I just surprised. push them to like other PTs and stuff I know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure um, you'd
0: also get a lot of South Asians who might not be comfortable going to yeah. a non-South Asian trainer. Yeah,
2: mm. 100%. So yeah, it would be nice. So yeah. that is something that's in the back of my mind. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> personally, like what you were saying before, there aren't many South Asian women doing what you do. I think it's very motivating and, like, inspirational to see someone who looks like me, like a brown girl, like yeah. you doing this. So, I think people will lap that up. Yeah, 100%. Should do percent
2: it. <laughs> Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. It will. I'm saying it, so it will happen. <laughs> yes, put it into the universe. Um, when's your next comp? Um, I'm doing States in October, so... What's that, like four months or
0: something? Yeah,
1: exciting.
2: And you said hopefully nationals next year? Yes, I did do nationals last year. Mm. But I was having like a really bad year with things at home and my dog was really sick and stuff. So my training was like not that great. Mm. I did qualify for nationals, but my results were like a bit eh. Mm -hmm. But this year it's been so much better. Like my mindset and training and everything, it's all just been so different. So Mm. I think it'll be a lot better next time around. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right amazing
0: and what are your long-term goals when it comes to powerlifting
2: i just want to get stronger i don't really yeah. see so you're doing it
0: for yourself there's no accolades that you're chasing yeah
2: like i surprise myself all the time like i was really shocked with squatting 140 at my recent competition i didn't think i could do that because my friend would keep telling me you're gonna squat 140 i'm like no i'm not i can't do that what do you mean and then i squat 140 it's and amazing. then it's just like wow yeah. i can't believe i did mm. that Finally benching, like, 60. It's been, like, such a long journey being able to do that. But seeing it finally happen, I'm like, wow, like, things are actually, like, changing Mm. and getting stronger, so... I can't wait to see myself keep getting stronger. Like, so what your body can do is
1: like endless. You're yeah. yeah. Just keep showing the process.
0: Yeah. Which is, I think one of the messages which we love about what you stand for, about, mm. you know, you're not chasing anything besides what you're doing, something for yourself. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. like we've discussed about the episode when it comes to body image, there's no right or wrong way to do anything. As long as you're mm. happy and healthy, then you can fill in the blanks in one of a million different ways as mm. whatever makes sense to you. So we really love your message about not being judgmental about people's bodies and the expectations you have for yourself and your fitness journey as well. So thank you so much for sharing it on our podcast and yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing you kill it in whatever comes to you.
1: Absolutely.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been such a big privilege and I really enjoyed being here today and talking to you guys. It just felt like a normal conversation. So I really appreciate both of you having me here. I love your podcast. Can't wait to hear my annoying voice on there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, super excited for what's to come.
1: Thank you. That's
2: uh, really fun.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We hope that you're feeling as inspired and energized as we did after our conversation with Sharon. Check out the show notes for all of her socials so you can follow her inspiring journey.
1: Join us next time as we unpack sibling dynamics with a very special sibling. I wonder who that could be. We'll catch you then. Bye.